0: of university sports coverage, TSN proudly presents C.I.A.U. Basketball.
1: They get it in deep to Turnbull. Still Turnbull.
0: Will win. He got it. He got it. He got it. The winner will really win. Slam, da-da-da,
1: let the boys be boys. It's good to get this. E-Trophy, which is emblematic of the national championship of this country. It never gets old! The Carlton Ravens
2: have won their 15th national championship in the last 19
0: years! Welcome to a brand spanking new edition of Mutant Madness, the internet and the world's only college basketball. Whoops. U-sports basketball. I forgot what sport we covered, Jordan. That's fine. Uh, it's the U-sports basketball podcast. Uh, we are two months into quarantine and we finally decided to give you an episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it's been, well yesterday was two months since our last podcast, okay? So don't, don't, don't sell it too short. But, uh, but there's been uh, some coaching news, some recruitment news, some schedule news. So we thought uh, line up a couple of uh, interviews and uh, get back on the get back on the road and put the boots to it on the pod.
0: But before we get to all the news breaking, we're about to do with the audio we have collected. Yes, uh, we have some important other things to discuss, like
2: like the retire. Are we starting with retirements?
0: Uh, sure, we can start with retirements.
2: Uh, well, this kind of segues. You know what? No, we'll hold off on this because it will segue nicely into our first interview. So.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll start with uh, we'll start with before we get to the the COVID scheduling. Let's talk about UFV's latest recruitment of the Klim brothers, who are already Canada's version of the Plumleys. Uh, how do you feel about this being a white yourself?
2: Uh, I'm a little upset that you use the Plumleys. Like, obviously, like multiple of them uh but i honestly feel like this is more relatable to the Olympics as they are basketball royalty on the lower mainland so i think uh maybe not the Plumleys as a direct correlation but uh definitely calling them the, the future olenics of canada west basketball
0: yeah the first recruits of uh the joe and oldson era at ufv so uh Interesting lighter shift there to the makeup of the roster, if you catch my drift.
2: Yeah. Uh Joan of uh obviously putting his touch on the roster, uh, using his long illustrious career coaching experience in U Sports. Uh oh three, oh four. Well first we'll start, uh never played within
0: uh <laughs> That's the important CIS
2: CIA or U Sports now had a playing career outside but didn't play within the actual league, he'll now be coaching in. Uh Was an assistant under Kevin Hansen in the 03-04 season uh, at UBC when they went to the CIS Final Ten, a second-place team in Canada West that year. Bring Uh, back the Final Ten. Yep. uh, Took a year off and then took an assistant job at Thompson River with their women's team and then took six years off. Very good chance he was doing other work at this time, but I'm just going entirely based off of the – CIS, C-A-A-U, U-Sports career. Uh, took six years off, became the head coach at Mount Royal for their women's team for one season, and then left, and then spent two years as an assistant coach at Thompson River. And now the head coach at the University of Fraser Valley.
0: That is quite a uh, a, a trip of different geography around BC as a whole. So yeah. uh, has, has a good... Uh, knowledge of the recruiting trail to try to get them back into playoff contention uh yeah, other reasons.
2: I, I mean the big thing for him is uh his time in the ccaa he spent a lot of time at douglas college uh the royals
0: yes um, and he
2: was the uh, last year's ccaa coach of the year so we're not we're not poking holes in the resume we're just trying to outline the cis CIAU u sports angle of it all
0: and Joe, if if we've gotten your resume wrong, come on the pod, please. discuss. Yeah. good uh,
1: to know you. Yeah.
0: Back in March, our friend of the show, uh, long-time friend of the show, Jermaine Small, took the Lethbridge job. That was right after uh, all these distancing measures began, so we didn't get really a chance to discuss that. But uh, we're big fans of Jermaine. He's also still as uh, head coach of the Edmonton Stingers in the CEBL, and he's already gotten a couple of nice recruits out of the, the prep league to commit to lethbridge so i think they have a bright future ahead of them in the cool tundra
2: yeah and, um this is his first uh head coaching gig uh obviously got his start under roy Rand ryerson he was there from 2011 to 2014 before making the jump over to queens under steph barry uh where he was there from 2014 to 2019 he was the recruiting coordinator in his first two years at Ryerson, then lost that role in his third season before making the jump over to Queens.
0: You could uh, say lost or or decided to move on yes. if you wanted to spin it in a better way.
2: But now he'll be coordinating the recruits at Lethbridge.
0: Lots of coordinating. Yes. Um, and then the biggest coaching news uh, across the country, uh, Memorial is still open.
2: Yeah, so uh, I've been working on my resume. You have. I think my proficiency Uh, in uh, streaming video over uh, the internet, I think I'm more experienced than most coaches right now at uh, delivering on and off-court workouts to athletes over uh, technology, whether it be Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, uh, really connecting with the players, and I think uh, not any other coach out there could match my ability to send them links to workouts so i think you, that... you
0: do you also have a strong enthusiasm as evidenced in our memorial minute segment yep that's been ongoing uh you love the rock and everything they stand for out there um you look good in red yep um as long as it's not too bright doesn't yep. bring out your uh, your pasty complexion
2: mm-hmm.
0: but uh i think if they don't hire someone by the end of the summer you should just get the job like let's make that a deal
2: yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I. I'm. I'm not saying nobody has their name in the hat right now, uh, but I can confirm that there is at least one name in the hat, and it is mine. So.
0: I think you're up against. Uh, last I heard, you're up against Beeline for the job. Yeah. So it, it it's it's really going to come down to the wire. Uh, the lack of being able to fly both of you out there to uh, have a dueling interview is has held up the process, but. I think that your youthfulness could beat uh, John Beeline's ra- uh, resume big yeah. time.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, something just to at least to consider.
0: And another another piece of news that we can just uh, go right over if you want to. Uh, the One of the bet I would say the top three coaches in the country uh, is now the Ryerson Rams men's basketball head coach, and you can just lock up the championship for them this coming season.
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh... I mean, to be fair, uh, that doesn't mean we're confirming that there will be a season or at the same time confirming that there will not be a season. Uh,
0: Yes, no, don't use our words against us.
2: But if there were to be a season, uh, you can already schedule in Ryerson as champions. I think that the hiring of uh, Dave Diavro shows that uh, the Rams are aggressive and uh, trying to build off of the success of Roy Rana.
0: Yes, and, and this is uh, and
2: that's nothing against uh, the work that Borco Popich did in his one year.
0: As... No, he was putting he was put in a tough spot having to having to jump in late, kind of knowing that he was the coach in waiting, but not not getting anything official until uh, Roy took that job with the Kings. What is Ryerson getting with Coach Diavero? Uh, you will hear from the man himself a little later on in the show. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a professional tease right there.
2: That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we
0: get to that. Well, more so points. just on the
2: the situation that led to uh, there even being an opening, and uh, I haven't gotten any official, you know, under UOUA rule book or Canadian University rule book section seven four, but from what I understand, and I think the same I... thing's happening at Waterloo right now. Uh, if a coach kind of just assumes a role without a prop like a full hiring process, the university has to at least open it up, and it also led to opening it up because Ryerson kind of changed the title and the stipulations around the role so in doing so they can't just promote they have to at least open it up to candidates and in the opening of the position that's when uh coach Diavro's name was submitted and it's nothing against uh head coach Borco it's just the fact that uh Diavro's Excellence and experience both at Ottawa and at McGill uh, was something that Ryerson just couldn't turn down. So that's how he got into that position. And you'll see Waterloo's going through the same thing right now as uh, Justin Gunter left the program last August, September. Took a job, uh, I think it's in finance department at McMaster University.
0: Big time money guy.
2: So that uh, Coach Stevenson took over at Waterloo. And that job was posted, I believe, in February or March, uh, not long after the season ended. And they're in the midst of uh, seeing what kind of applicants, just because Stevenson kind of assumed the position instead of being hired and interviewed for the position. And uh, from what I'm hearing, at least, uh, Borco Popich, at least in talks, consideration for that Waterloo job. So that's one to uh, keep your eyes on as we move through the off season here.
0: All strong points. I think uh, the one thing I would like to correct you on is in the uh, rule book, it's actually section 6 uh, dash 9.
2: All oh, right, 6 dash 9, of course. and uh, 6 dash 9. Subsection yeah. 4 dash 20.
0: Yeah, yeah. So just look that up and it'll be right there where you uh, need to see what you have. Uh, speaking of 69 420s, um, the Canada West travel schedule has been cut down significantly. Mm hmm. So, less time for the athletes to drink and smoke on their road trips.
2: Uh, I mean, we're not saying... Not that...
0: Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, Not that all these young men don't treat their body like a temple and work extremely hard every night. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, they've released some details on how they're going to break it down regionally. Uh, So the regular season is going to be a 16-game regular season split into three divisions based on geographical locations. BC will be their own division, seven teams uh, where they'll play three games versus four teams, and then two additional games versus the two other teams. Uh, And then for Alberta and Saskatchewan, Manitoba, they've combined, uh, they will each play four games versus four teams in a true round-robin there to reduce travel, as all of the different safety measures and public health guidelines dictate, uh, at least for now, what the basketball plan is for the season.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's a winner and a loser in this given situation now?
0: Well, UBC uh, already lucked out, usually, with their unbalanced schedule, and it just got a lot more unbalanced for them, uh, tipping the scales in their favor.
2: Yeah, I mean... uh thompson Rivers coming off an 11 and 9 season uh ufv now going through a coaching change after a 13 and 7 season and then of course you've got uh unbc and ubco and trinity western also uh, all ubc schools trinity western of course ends up with the O and 20 after the uh <laughs> violations that happened last season and then you get uh unbc who was only able to put together six wins and ubco only able to put together three wins so they probably get the lowest, I would say uh, previous winning percentage of any teams uh, but I'll say the uh, I think the true loser of this entire system probably is uh, Mount Royal and McEwen because they they came off a season here where Mount Royal was three and 17 and McEwen was two and 18 and now their schedule gets stacked with a whole lot of Lethbridge, Calgary and Alberta.
0: Yeah, good luck to the two teams bringing up the bottom of the province uh, in Alberta. Uh, you get to enjoy playing, playing the big boys for at least four games. I'm pretty interested to see, uh, I
2: mean, I think that Manitoba-Saskatchewan combo division I think is probably the most interesting. Uh, Manitoba coming off a 16-4 and season, but they've lost a lot in graduating players we've seen saskatchewan be right there as well but winnipeg a solid team regina a solid team brandon a solid team i mean if the worst team in your new division was 6 and 14 last year you're uh you're not looking too bad at all
0: yeah and what's interesting i don't think they had playoff details yet probably want to wait for more for more just developments with the virus to see whether you need to make adjustments but how this affects the seeding and the scheduling for the postseason Mm -hmm. um is something to watch and i think that i mean i think you can definitely
2: see our like rpi become the basis of what the scheduling is going to look like
0: yeah um now what what's interesting is if you try to extrapolate this to the other conferences i know some people were discussing that in the mentions um, I really don't know if you need to make a decision if you're the other conferences right now, where air travel is just not a thing.
2: Well, I mean, I think there's there's a few situations. Like there's there's one conference that uh, sources close to me have uh, already been able to uh, conclude that uh, in the RSEQ uh, teams will actually only be playing four other teams in their conference schedule. And, mm, I, uh, I had also been hearing that. So. Uh, Interesting. The, the RSE EQ schedule will be just a, a five team division for next year. So that's and what
0: the, what they're uh, what they are mentioning is the teams that are all based uh, around Montreal might to um to stay safe walk to the other campuses. Yes. To uh, to embrace the fresh air. That's just that's a, a theory being floated around right now by some sources that walking will be uh, encouraged by the conference.
2: Yeah, and I can see uh, maybe even. Or of the Montreal schools uh, you know maybe even living together in a big brother style house to bring <laughs> in some uh, if the if there's not an ability to uh, bring mm-hmm. students into the gyms uh, perhaps sponsorship dollars from uh, big brother rseq basketball can really make up uh, now of course uh, bishops wouldn't be involved they would operate kind of as the uh, the moderator and hosts of the entire event that's that's just some ideas that I'm hearing that that uh, Quebec is and and, to...
0: and and that that bishops being that english-speaking school would be good to uh, you know host the stream on usports.live, live mm-hmm. which uh, definitely could be a partnership to boost their in-season content base yep um, I for one would love to see how the players reacted whether it would be a war of languages uh, would it be tribalistic uh, and how would that translate if you stole someone's cheerios to the court
2: yeah uh, I mean I think you would be the number one insider on all this given your Countless, you know, experience when it comes to uh, reality television. So, uh,
0: uh, we we almost debated making this a uh, a Love Island pod. Yes, close. I mean, it's close. If you did love U Sports Love Island, I'm yeah. I'm working on a pilot. It's in the drafts. Um, if we don't have basketball, maybe that'll be the day that we uh, we we quarantine some people and get a script together. Yeah. Um. In terms of AUS and OUA. Um, I think when it comes to just teams with road trips, it's it's going to be more varied. I don't think they need to make a decision right now. Especially uh, when know...
2: you're when you're talking about Atlantic Canada. I mean, uh, if you're looking for positive news uh, from... How... Careful, dude.
0: Be sensitive. Be sensitive. Be sensitive. If
2: you're looking for positive news from how things have uh, progressed here during the pandemic in this country, uh, there's a lot of positive stories coming out of Atlantic Canada right now. I mean... Newfoundland and Labrador, as well as uh, Prince Edward Island, and New Brunswick, uh, very closely to. I think there's only eleven active, or eleven or twelve or thirteen active cases across those three provinces. Stick then, to sports. Uh, I mean, like none active right now <laughs> on Prince Edward Island. Eleven active. <laughs> These are all dating ourselves with numbers, but I mean, you're seeing a hundred or less uh, cases in all four provinces out there so maybe the idea of uh at least the idea of having students on campus for the fall semester could be at least open in the aus i've i seen a reason to uh close the door on anything yeah. like that yet yeah Verses and i mean we're I... seeing uh news out of quebec where most of the montreal schools now if not all of them after uh universium or sorry udam uh university of montreal, uh, canceling in-person classes already for fall semester and mcgill's now followed up and done the same i think you're if you're seeing basketball in the quebec conference it's probably not till 2021
0: which for them wouldn't make a difference i mean you could make up those 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 games easily now that now the
2: five team conference is maybe starting to play in their favor where they don't need to play each other four times maybe you only need to play each other two times
0: yeah, and I think when it when it comes to the Ontario uh, Ontario and the OUA, I don't think anything needs to be decided right now. I know we had some fun on Twitter with it yesterday, but uh, I like that no one's made a rash decision to to either adjust the schedule or uh, or and any schools haven't I think officially canceled in person classes yet. Mm-hmm. The Ottawa is considering it, but it seems yeah. like both options will be available. I mean, if you're so a university,
2: th- you need to be preparing to cancel in person classes now. That's just you do, you but... You can't, do, you but can't I, spend this time that you now have outside of your, your two semesters preparing like you could have in person. Like, you just need to spend all of your resources right now preparing for that. But I, I think that...
0: Because I think at the, the
2: very least, what's going to happen in Ontario is you're at least going to have the option.
0: Yeah, I think the option is going to be there because the dirty little secret is a lot of the institutions need the influx of cash from the kids living on campus and being on campus to stay operational and keep people employed unless a government bailout is coming. Mm-hmm. So, with that. And we've, that, already, we've think... already seen
2: that at least at the OUA level. Uh, the CEO Gord Grace made some comments over the weekend about already in, how he's already in touch with the, uh, the government about some government funding to help specifically athletics programs at universities.
0: Yeah, and I think think that at least the one benefit where it's it's very tough to project when you see the news cycle dominated by NCAA news, U Sports fans have been social distancing since the product uh, probably hit, like, maybe the late 80s, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Whether that's playing with people spaced out for football and outdoor sports or in in gyms spacing out, or even if they close the gyms and the arenas, there's a lot of times where there's not that many people in there to begin with. So as long as there's um, some kind of testing protocol or something along those lines or health guidelines, whatever they're going to have to follow, I don't think it's a complete zero that we get basketball starting on time late October, early November.
2: Yeah, and like we're not going to you'll you'll hear more in our uh, later conversation uh with coach uh dave duvero who's taking over a ryerson with just some thoughts that there could potentially be no basketball until 2021 but i think ontario's done a nice job not committing to anything yet uh canada west done a nice job already coming up with a uh a backup plan and then quebec is uh quebec and the aus are kind of just taking it day by day so
0: quebec gonna quebec yo
2: Yep uh but off of the pandemic we'll shift to some news on a famous brother in not u sports circles but NCAA and nba circles
0: yeah um the, we're going we're going to tweet out this this article at the end of the day uh this is news u sports adjacent news of the day uh tom kinchelsky uh brother of the legendary Steve Kinchowski, the Larry David of U Sports, uh, is retiring from, get this, his in-person scouting newsletter. Um, they, there's no game speaking. Uh, there's no built different. Uh, there's no Twitter account suspensions with Tom Kunchalski. It's just cut through the bullshit straight player analysis which uh, you could say is lacking in this current day and age. So uh, an old, wily vet that was trusted by most coaches uh, in the United States retiring and a friend of U Sports Basketball.
2: Yeah, and uh, I don't know where we're at. Like, the plan had been for uh, his brother Steve to also retire uh, at the end of this season as St. was set to host the final eight in uh, Coach K's final year, uh, obviously on a whole wait-and-see thing. Maybe if they were to postpone it a year, uh, Kaczowski would play out one more season as head coach to uh, run the team through the final eight. But these are all just hypotheticals. We have no so, information
0: on that. Some good... But... Con- yeah, looking up uh, Tom Kaczowski's retirement today, we got some Steve Kaczowski stories unearthed that... I think we had him, was it a year, just over a year ago or maybe two years ago, we had him on the pod. We're yeah, going to have to have his, him back on.
2: After his 900th win, we had him on.
0: Right, yeah, we're going to have to get him back on for a retirement story when he can kind of let loose and open up the vault because there's uh, some stories about in the 80s, how he bit another coach. Yep. Uh, He was recruited to Acadia uh, by the AD committing to drive him to Catholic church service every week because Acadia was originally a Baptist school. Okay. So that's exciting. Um, He owned the first car in Anaganish. Um, <laughs> that sounds like so such a fake story. I'd love to get the backstory on that one. Yeah. Uh, Acadia, while he was playing there as as a youth, didn't have a home gym because of the overhang from the track above. So they played in YMCA's and church gyms across uh, the province.
2: That sounds like my uh, my night league basketball career playing in YMCA's and church gyms.
0: Yeah, back when you were you were balling and almost a UVic walk on. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to have him on for that. But uh, the coach in waiting for Saint FX, Terrell Vernon, joined you, Jordan, for a candid conversation. Yeah, I don't just, even know if it was candid,
2: but yeah, it was. It was just a little bit uh, on his. La- he got brought on to uh, Saint FX last year, and he was uh, tagged the coach in waiting uh, for when Coach K retired from uh, coaching U Sports basketball, and he spent last year as. Uh, lead associate on the team, uh, and uh, had the opportunity to talk to him about a couple things, including Coach K's you know, love of the game and how his energy levels uh, have been since Vernon was a player versus having him on the sidelines with him, uh, what he's learned from him, and a little bit on Tyrell's brother Antoine, uh, his recruitment from Oregon State to join Effects next year. So here was my conversation with coach tyrell so we are now joined on the line by tyrell vernon uh maybe one of the most famous coaches in waiting uh as he's currently on the staff at saint effects underneath uh steve konchalski coach uh a little bit of news on your brother we'll get to that in a moment but uh first things first uh you've been a part of saint effects for a little over a season now i just want to get your thoughts on how year one was uh, working with uh, the mastermind that is Coach K.
1: Um, it's been great. Um, me and Coach have had a great relationship from um, when I played with him, um, and then when I, you know, started coaching um, in, the, in the prep level um, with TRC, um, he was he was my first call. Right, my first practice plan was kind of meeting him kind of did it all together. Um, so going there, you know, we've already had a previous relationship, so it wasn't really very new. Um. But at the end of the day, the level was new. So, you know, getting to understand, him helping me understand the level and, you know, the the pace of the game and, you know, just different styles of play to kind of, um, you know, just best benefit the guys that we have. So um, it's been a very collaborative effort kind of ever since, you know, I took the job, whether it was, you know, with recruits and style of play. And um, he definitely, he's been great with um, understanding that, you know, um, we have two years together, so let's do it together, and then it's kind of a seamless process. Um, for when he leaves, and I, I take over. So um, this season was uh, it was it was it was good for us. You know, we um, I don't think a lot of we had a preseason poll. I think we were you know I think bottom two in the league, um, and we ended up finishing second in the league mm-hmm. um, and losing a close one mean, uh, down in the finals. So um, I think we're we're on our way,
2: um, but. Um, There's still a lot of work to do. Now, uh, what's got you back up in the news uh, recently the last couple of days? Uh, your brother Antoine uh, coming from Oregon State to uh, join you at St. Uh Obviously, you know, one of these players that has the opportunity to come back home due to regulations in Canada without the uh, transfer year or anything like that. What kind of player are you guys getting in Antoine, and uh, what are your guys' expectations for him in year one? Um, Antoine is—he's a
1: very. very-
2: He's not the only NCAA transfer uh, the X-Men have landed this offseason. Uh, Jeremiah, UCFA, uh, the Western Illinois transfer. Uh, for listeners of the podcast, just uh, maybe a little bit of a background on what kind of player Jeremiah is, and maybe a little bit of insight on how you guys were able to secure two NCAA commitments uh, with this team, and how much hosting the Final Eight plays into that. Okay. Um, so, Jeremiah... So... More so, just uh, how if if hosting the uh, national championship had any play into that? But it sounds like uh, these two guys were more interested in joining you than you guys were in uh, trying to sell them on coming to Saint FX.
1: Not, I wouldn't say. Well, the, the nationals for sure. Like, a, like when in terms of the, in the AUS conference, right? If we're, we finish, we finish second in the league, right? I think we're we're going to be competitive in our league. And, you know, we're looking forward to be coming. You know, competitive nationally, right? So I think it's just a, it's another platform for those guys to come and you know be successful on and um, help them with their you know they they want to they want they have pro aspirations right so they're just trying to you know figure things out on, on their own and figure out what's the best way for them to um, you know be, be recognized and put themselves in the best position to get the experience that they need to be successful at the next level. Um, but and yes, of, of course, the nationals um, definitely helps with that right knowing mm-hmm. that you're going to be on the biggest stage on the very first year when you come in, um, it's huge. I think it's just the multitude of things, not just one thing.
2: Now you've played under coach Kinchalski. You've had the opportunity to coach with him now. Have you noticed any sort of difference in him as a man or is he, uh, is he still the exact same coach that you remember as a player and just as energetic and loves the game just as much now? Oh, it's 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 the same.
1: It's the same. Um, loves to win. Um, know, very, um, very detailed um, with it, with everything that he does, um, you know, off the court, on the court. So um, very calculated. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different because, you know, but, you know, I was a point guard and we did have a lot of these conversations, but it's different when coming in as a coach to coach, right? Mm-hmm. Conversations are always different and, you know, it lets you in a little bit more. So, um, uh, but no, definitely the passion and the fire is still there. When you know in 2013 when I when I left and um, to now so um, seven, six, seven years later so it's uh, not it, nothing's ever really
2: changed at all. And last one for me here, uh, obviously haven't had the opportunity to work out uh, with the whole team as a whole given the current situation. Uh, obviously, there's been some positive health news out of Atlantic Canada in the last couple weeks here. Just wondering. How you guys are staying connected? Are you guys doing team video sessions? What kind of things are the X-Men working on, uh, given the current times that we're in?
1: Yeah, so we, we are having, you know, we have our weekly meetings. Um, just making sure, you know, if any questions are coming up, getting everybody together. Um, you know, the Zoom calls always help. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, you know, we just, we have our, our fitness program is, is up and running. So, you know, they have online reporting for that. And you know we just you know partner them up and hold them accountable, and then, you know the weekly meetings also help with that, and we have weekly reporting from our strength and conditioning. Um, and then you know we have uh, ball handling workouts, we have some form shooting workouts for the guys that don't have hoops, um, just to keep guys as engaged and possible as, as engaged as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, you know we, we're all hooked up into you know synergy and um, you know watching film online, so. You know, we're just trying to, you know, give them weekly, you know, every couple of weeks they have little mini assignments just to watch watch themselves and watch someone else, watch their opponent, but, um, just to keep their mind sharp as well, not just their body.
2: Awesome. Yeah, expected that from uh, a program getting ready for Nationals. Coach, appreciate the time. Uh, we hope that, you know, obviously a whole lot of unknowns, but we hope uh, to see you guys out in atlantic canada in march and uh all the best to you and yours and your family uh stay healthy stay safe thanks i appreciate that thanks for having me obviously uh, a couple big recruits at st effects uh hosting the final eight this year two key additions that you know for a team that finished second in the aus last year coach vernon touched on it how the preseason poll they were tagged to be second last in the conference and they end up finishing second and you know what you forget about it because it was all the way back in March, but uh, they were pretty close to winning the AUS there and knocking off Dalhousie for a little bit. This is a team that uh, showed quite a bit of promise and definitely soared above expectations from last year. And uh, adding in a couple of Division One players for this upcoming season really, I think, establishes a, a, at least a co-favorite uh, for making some noise in the AUS alongside Dalhousie.
0: Yeah, uh, they've they've clearly struck it well uh loading up for their guaranteed final 8 run here. Avon Nava's back for them. He had all kinds of accolades last year. He was uh AUS uh freshman of the year, second team all-star, all-rookie, yeah, all-rookie. and he was U Sports U Sports all-rookie team as well. Uh he could fill it up in that game against Dal. He took some big money shots. I think Azaro Roker will be back for his 5th year as well. Um and you mentioned the two NCAA players. Joining, um, Kind of already had that connection with Justin Andrew uh, from the Hamilton area, playing on the same teams growing up as as a youth team. So being able to bring that connectivity together already to a unit that functions on a high level on the floor as Coach Konchowski teams do, um, they're definitely going to be a team that I would bet on to make a run and and be a good threat to get into a national semi on the Saturday.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I think the one thing you gotta think about with this this team is uh they've known for a couple years now and they've been building and preparing and you see a lot where it almost seems like these host teams kind of come out of nowhere and uh it i i I don't think this this same effects team is going to come out of nowhere i mean i think they they raised expectations last year and adding some recruits and having a strong coaching base and the off-season programs that they're already working through with the guys, I think uh, they're ready to make some noise. And uh, if working is,
0: through it, working through at a social distance,
2: yes, and uh, <laughs> you know dealing with it all, but at the same time, the opportunity to already start gelling with so many new recruits joining the program this year.
0: Uh, and if you're gonna up, get Dow, if if you're gonna get Dow, this is the year.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, because they do bring back Vino, but they lost a bunch of seniors off that team. Um, and if you're gonna if you're gonna rise up, especially with the added emotion, I think even though a lot of players will say that they don't try to take emotion in the game, you know that this is your coach's final year out of his fifty year coaching career. You want to go out on a high note as possible.
2: Yeah, like you know, their last home game before uh, playoffs get started, he's going to be recognized, and there's going to be a, an entire ceremony. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some banners or framed photos or. Essentially, GIF. I mean, I think you might even see it uh, if there is an AUS season next year. Is as, as Coach Kincelski travels to other universities, uh, you know, kind of like the Kobe retirement tour, it'll be the Kincelski retirement tour, and schools will be preparing gifts and, uh, of course, making sure they're all fully sanitized and then uh, <laughs> handed to, hand to the coach.
0: Well, and unlike uh, the coach K down at Duke, uh, he won't be getting deposed in a legal scandal. Yeah so, you know, someone runs a clean program and it's not Mike Krzyzewski.
2: For for 45 years.
0: Speaking of someone who runs a clean program. Yep. I'm just nailing segues today. Um, Let's get to our interview with our new favorite Ryerson employee, Coach Dave D'Avero. We got into his last couple years at McGill, why he ultimately uh, decided now was the time to come back home. Uh, to Ryerson, as he's a Toronto guy, and what he expects out of the Rams this upcoming season.
2: Yeah, so here's our uh, interview with uh, newly named Ryerson Rams head coach, Dave D'Avero. We're now joined on the line by head coach, new head coach of the Ryerson Rams men's basketball program, uh, Dave D'Avero, who left McGill to come and take the new head coaching position at Ryerson. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, first question for you, just what led to the move and uh, how would you end up uh, taking the position at Ryerson? Um,
3: well, it was a difficult decision for me to make. I had a great time at McGill, a great run at McGill with, with with our team and with our program. It was hard to say goodbye to uh, a lot of people that were have been a part of my life for ten years. But I just thought the Ryerson opportunity was one that was too good, too too good, not to go try to pursue. And you know, Ryerson has, uh, you know, over the last five six years, has done a great job with their program. Coach Rena has done an amazing job putting that, you know, putting that program on the map. And I just think that there's so much opportunity and potential to you know, to win that national championship and to do it in Toronto in the city where, you know, basketball, I mean, you know, New York or Madison Square Garden is like the Mecca of basketball in the U.S. Well, Toronto is that in, in, in Canada, you know, it's the Mecca of basketball. So, it gave me a chance to do that and then it gave me a chance to come home because I'm from Toronto. I grew up in Toronto and so I still have family there. So you know, there's a few factors involved in the decision. Right. And coach, you mentioned that, uh, being from Toronto,
0: you had a similar chance to, to come to Ryerson back before you took the McGill job.
3: Why was now the choice specifically for you then? And, and what changed over your time at McGill that led you back to Rye? Uh, what's changed is, um, my kids are older now at that time, 11 years ago, my kids were young and I just thought it was too far. Uh, be away from them. They're too young at that time of their lives. And so I just thought it was uh, just too far of a trek for me. Um, what's changed now is they're older. I mean, my my daughter's a senior in university and my son's a senior in high school. So that situation is much different now. And so that played a big part in it. And it's a new challenge for me. I mean, I think Abigail, I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure about the league in terms of the direction the league was going whether they were ever going to add some more teams to the league and it got to a point where I just that part of it became frustrating having only five times only having five teams in the league
2: you mentioned uh wanting to be a little bit you know have your kids be a little bit older how much did it help having uh your son darius playing just outside of toronto and now you have the ability to moving to toronto that you can be a little bit closer to him as he'll go through such an important season uh dealing with recruitment and commitment something that you'll be able to be a little bit closer for now and have a little bit of a hand-in-hand assistance with everything going on through there It, it
3: was important it played a big part in the decision as well um being close to uh to him and watching him play his senior season like you said helping him through You know, some of the the recruitment and uh, just being there for him, watching him play, being a part of it, because once he heads out to college, you know, he's going to be doing his own thing, becoming his own man. So things change a little bit. So so I'm able to be there and and help him and guide him through his senior year and some of the challenges that he may face in that year. I think that was was uh, an important part of the decision for sure. Rams team-wise, what were your first impressions upon taking the job, knowing just the the pure amount of talent they have on the roster with everybody coming back from last season? Um, I I thought for sure they had enough talent to compete for a national championship. Uh, I know they they went through some injuries early in the season, um, and it's never easy going from one coach, you know, one extreme like Coach Rana was to another extreme which Coach uh, Coach Volco Bo- was. So, you know, it was a different, it's different, it's hard to do that, right? And so, I mean, the expectations were high for that group. They were expected to compete and win a national championship. So I thought a lot of them were disappointed the way the season ended. And everyone that I've talked to has expressed that to me. And everyone's on board to do you know what it takes to win, right? Um, knowing, you know, understanding the grind and what it takes, and the accountability piece, and holding a, holding each other and themselves accountable to the team. And so you when know, when that you know that was you know I can't say that that wasn't attractive too when I took the job, knowing that a lot of those kids, if not all of them, will be coming back next year with an opportunity and the hunger uh, to you know get back to. On the court and to uh, put aside the you know uh, the uh, disappointment of that of that playoff
2: game. Now, obviously, a little bit different times. You haven't had the ability to actually meet any players face to face, given the current landscape that we're a part of. Uh, have you had the opportunity to talk to many of the players, whether it be just a phone call or a video chat or something like that? And uh, how's things been accommodating and changing in such a difficult time as we're in right now
3: yeah we did have our our, our zoom meetings uh with, with everybody um once the decision uh was it was announced and so it's good to see everyone's face and see how everyone was doing um I followed it up pretty much with phone calls to everybody so i've pretty much spoken to everybody a couple guys left here now that i want to get a get on get out, too. But, um, again, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult times, and I think that there's going to be some difficult decisions that are going to have to be made as well for some of the fifth-year kids with Jaden and Kevon, because I don't, in the way things are going, I don't know if we're going to have basketball in September. It looks like that maybe it'll, it's going to happen in January, but, so a kid who's in his fifth year, you know, is he going to use up his, eligibility um, for half a year and still there's no decision on whether there's going to be a national championship so are you going to use your fifth year for half a year no national championship so you know, I've had those conversations with those kids and just to plant that seed because it, it may be a possibility I hope it's not but I, it may be just being honest with them and sharing everything with them, I just trying to talk about you know who I was and how I coached and what my expectations for everybody was and I think a lot of the players shared that you know expectation I think that the one thing that is still not um, sure of is whether Tenor will be back I think think he has some options that he's exploring so we're not sure that we'll have uh, Tenor back with us but everybody else is ready to go and on board and for those of the guys that, uh, that do come back whenever we have basketball this season, hopefully the fall, maybe the winter, uh, for our listeners that didn't get a chance to watch most of your games at McGill, what can they expect from a Coach Guevara team? Uh, um, you'll see uh, a tough defensive team, you know, us trying to impose ourselves on the other team uh, physically mentally too I think you know our teams have prided ourselves on being mentally tough especially down the stretch of games and you know really not beating ourselves so you know I've kind of hung my head or our teams have hung their head on our defensive play and our rebounding but at the same time sharing the ball on the offensive end ball movement sharing the ball is not really important in terms of uh the scores, I've never been a big stat guy per se, and we've always had five or six guys that will average double figures on offense, and so I believe in sharing the ball, moving it from side to side, and putting up the best shot, so being unselfish, trusting each other on the floor a little bit, just keep developing that basketball IQ and that team, that team sense of basketball.
2: Coach, really appreciate the time today. Uh, hope you stay safe. Hope you stay well, both you and your family. And uh, whenever OUA basketball starts up again, we look forward to seeing you behind the bench at Ryerson. Thanks a lot for this.
3: Appreciate your time, guys. Stay safe.
0: If you couldn't tell that we were already pushing for uh, Dave's son, Darius, who plays uh, at Orangeville, to commit right now on the spot to Ryerson, um, good, good for us for trying to keep it hidden.
2: Yeah uh I mean I think that that's something to watch at least uh, yeah he I've didn't really seen some, some jersey swaps so
0: I wonder who our intern just went crazy that yeah. day
2: yeah as the uh, the SM sports community would call it uh, our intern
0: snapped <laughs> he went off 100 emoji. <laughs> uh yeah he sounds. I mean, it's, it's hard to get enthusiastic and excited when you can't actually get in the gym with the guys over the summer, which um, has let, like, Ryerson really does do a good job of trying to keep everyone local for the summers to keep them on campus and practicing. Uh, who knows when they'll be able to get in the gym together to do that. Uh, but the, the future is definitely bright. Um, and you couldn't really have a transition better than Roy Rana with a gap year uh, where the team unluckily underachieved due to some injuries and then some struggles uh once they got to the postseason but to come out with coach Diavero, like it's about as good of an outcome as the Ryerson program could have hoped for
2: yeah um yeah so uh things looking up uh Ryerson and uh things looking up for the finish of this podcast as uh Mitch you've got some mailbag questions from listeners
0: (laughs) do I ever Uh, Thank you to our listener base for DMing and sending questions along. Uh, Let's start with a fun one, Jordan. Okay. How much does uh, team partying decrease uh, without the extra night for Canada West teams on road trips? We kind of touched on this. If you had to go percentages, Jordy's percentages, what would you go with?
2: Like how much it's going to go down. I mean, I think, especially with that extra night uh, gone off the road, I mean... I mean, we're talking about consummate professionals and uh, student, yeah. students first, athletes second, uh, and I would say, you know, enjoying extracurriculars third behind both student and athlete. So without that extra day, I think uh, those off night parties I think drop at least seventy five percent. I mean, you might you might get a uh, a little bit of a, a victory dinner at a a Boston Pizza or an East Side Mario's after a, a two room sweep in wherever you're coming back from uh...
0: what is the brandon restaurant market like (laughs) (laughs) okay
2: if i turn if i type in brandon manitoba restaurant like do the the, are they are they a this is
0: going to come off as brandon slander but like do they have like a are they at the level where they can get like a moxie's they've got a
2: they've got a keg they've got a beef and barrel and they've got a comfort kitchen see what TripAdvisor has.
0: brandon's country kitchen <laughs>
2: yeah the uh oh here we go uh number one rated local cuisine spot in brandon manitoba so our brandon listeners are gonna have to back this one up uh support
0: got, local support local
2: we've got prairie firehouse well, that sounds kind of good
0: joe beaver's
2: bar and grill <laughs> the guinness tavern and uh, a couple pizza places, Pizza Express is apparently really good.
0: What was the uh, the second one you mentioned? The uh, the uh, jo- Joe p- B-
2: Joe Beaver's Bar and Grill.
0: Yeah, I just I, I want to imagine that you know on the Joe Beaver's menu there's like a sh- a specialty in house shot called like the Oil Driller or something. Uh, and and once you get a couple oil drillers down, who knows what's going on for the rest of the night?
2: All right, let's see what we got on the Joe Beaver's drink menu
0: call local you can probably pick up an order for them right now they could use the business
2: probably uh let's see oh, you can get beavers Wear. as in, you can buy some uh some gear some or, merch yeah order.jobeavers.com. uh they're officially our brand new uh, we
0: we should we should get in touch about a potential sponsorship
2: i mean i, I can't see anything else uh Making more sense. Oh, they've got Rider and Blue Bomber themed items on the menu. Oh,
0: the, the Willie Jefferson sandwich.
2: Uh, so, under burgers and dogs, they've got the Ryder Prider, which has, oh my God. <laughs> which has chili, fresh jalapenos, and cheese sauce, and then follows it up with Go Green. And then you can also get the Blue Bomber. Uh, which has bacon, blue cheese, and pepper. But not to be uh, not to be outdone is the uh, the marquee item on the menu, the Big Beef for twenty two dollars. Are you man enough to eat the Big Beef? Two beef patties topped with sauteed onions and mushrooms, four strips of bacon, drizzled with Thousand Island dressing, <laughs> between two grilled cheese sandwiches with an extra piece of cheese toast jammed in the middle for, for good measure. Wait, there's an extra half bun in the middle. Yeah, it's a cheese toast in the middle.
0: Oh my God.
2: The number one appetizer is the Atlantic lobster spread. So, Brandon, Manitoba, if you.
0: <laughs> okay, so I think we now have to get to Brandon. Uh, visit head coach uh, Gil Chung. Oh, uh, here we go.
2: Uh, here's the specials uh, $5 off poutine Mondays tap an app on tuesdays two for one ribs and wings and five dollar sleeves on wednesdays uh here we go five dollar cocktails or nine for nine dollars oh my god (laughs) fridays is ten dollar fish and chips and three dollar beers uh saturdays is eight dollar man mugs and six dollar doubles and sundays is five dollar caesars
0: oh i know where you're gonna be on sundays
2: uh do you know how to spell the beavers in Joe Beavers? Oh,
0: I just looked it up, so I, I don't want to cheat, but
2: yeah, well, it's, uh, <laughs> B-E-E-V-E-R-Z.
0: Okay, so uh, if they're now our new sponsor. Uh, yeah. let's look at some Google reviews. Uh, no need for <laughs> no need for any ketchup as the meat was flavorful and juicy. Okay. Uh, chicken fingers tasted like Walmart. Uh, okay, that's an interesting one. That was the only negative review. The rest is uh quite strong. So 4.8 stars. Uh There's food and one service.
2: Right yep. in this national park and I think that would be the one I would want to go to.
0: I can't can't disagree with you there. It looks like the entire back of the bar in this uh stock photo they have is gin. So the right national Alley. park. <laughs> so that's that's their second
2: location just north of a uh, ditch lake
0: they have a twitter account okay good uh, manitoba and saskatchewan's best canadian burn grill
2: yeah all right i'm in i'm sold
0: we're we're in we're yeah. in they retweet barstool and kfc radio on the reg so sorry to <laughs> if that offends you sorry but uh that's, it's, right up our alley.
2: it's it's good to good to see they're on board with the brand uh, okay, that was uh, right. that was question one. So,
0: <laughs> if you're pick. still with if you're still with us, uh, the drinking and partying is going way down unless there's a Joe Beavers in town. Yeah. <laughs>
2: unless you go, unless you got Road Games in Brandon.
0: Um all right. <laughs> back on track, back on track. Uh which CAA schools would make a good U Sports program?
2: I mean the obvious answer is Holland College.
0: Uh, yeah, friends of the show out at Holland College uh, routinely beat U Sports teams when they come out there to play uh, holiday tournaments and preseason tournaments. Yeah,
2: so I think uh, Holland College is the easy one. Uh, I think I think VIU would be a, a pretty interesting team to look at in Canada West.
0: Yeah, I mean it would get Canada West up to an even number yep. uh, in conference. Um, they're eighty six and seven in their own league play over the past five years. Okay. Hashtag stat of the day: VIU yep. stat of the day. Um, and then it would give UVic a natural rival out on the island too.
2: Yeah, because then a UBC could ignite its rivalry with UBCO,
0: which we're waiting for. Yeah, um, yeah. I think also the the Toronto schools, Sheridan, Humber, uh, Seneca, are a lot of times made up of guys that either have transferred down from a U Sports school or guys that are there for a, a gap year before they transfer up. Yeah. Um, and when you just you're in such a deep recruiting base as the GTA you have enough guys to compete with with most universities yeah well so is it uh is it okotoks college in alberta that had like a 120 game win streak or something wild
2: something like that I...
0: yeah they were the i think they were the oh maybe it was a was it alberta institute of technology it might have been
2: basketball here we go we're both googling,
0: googling.
2: Yeah, I got a. Uh, I got no idea.
0: NAIT books. Okay. They the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. Uh yeah, let's let's take a peek at their uh, games. They went 14 and 10 last year, but I, I feel like they had like an undefeated season back in the day.
2: Back in the day, this is this is you just going off on a on, on a limb here.
0: Okay, just give me a give me a bomber burger or whatever they're called. A, a, uh, a beaver burger. A beaver burger. <laughs> Listen, we'll get to a Joe Beavers and discuss NAIT hoops.
2: Yeah. Not, uh, but yeah. Not the NAIT, but uh, no. or not the NIT, but uh, we're talking NAIT. Wait, yeah, and then, so, uh, it, just a couple other ones to throw out there. Uh, I mean, Douglas. Uh, the Douglas College Royals and the Pac West, uh, they had a strong team. Of course, lost their coach now to UFV, but they're one to look at. Uh, and then uh, Redeemer, uh, another Ontario-based school, uh, usually pretty strong. And then uh, you've also got the uh, the Keanu Huskies. They were a strong team uh, last year.
0: Yeah, I don't think the gap is as wide as it might be perceived to be. No, um, a lot of times it's just academic stuff and, and fit for learning, uh, for student athletes. Students first, athletes second. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously the universities do pull from a, a bigger talent base. But it's not uh, if they played uh, a schedule against each other. I don't think all the college teams would come out on with a major losing record.
2: No, no, especially if they're they're perceived to be the same level. Yeah. Um. I think that would, uh, you know, just change the recruiting structure a little bit and guys might start talking to uh, CCAA teams on the same level that they do talk to U-sports teams.
0: Speaking of recruiting, on to our next question. Yep. Uh, you are Jordan Henry, head coach, hottest head coaching candidate in the country. Okay. Uh, every program is willing to drop their head coach and hire you tomorrow. Which... Schools? Are you which school are you choosing and why? Let's go top three schools you would pick and why.
2: Okay, uh, here's my initial thing. Uh, let's let's try and limit expectations out of the gate because if you if you create a uh, a winning structure, uh, people will come to you.
0: Yes. So, so, so you're like, you're writing off Carleton.
2: You don't need to like I'm I'm writing off Carleton. I'm writing off Toronto-based schools. Like I think there's just too much pressure. Like I'm writing off Ottawa. I'm writing off Dalhousie, uh, Calgary, Alberta, UBC. I think those kind of schools have a... Uh...
0: You're, you're a builder. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I think my one would be uh, the University of British Columbia, Okanagan. Heat. Oh, a uh, pause there. Because you can, you're drawing from the same kind of booster base that you are at UBC. It's essentially the same school. But uh, mm-hmm. I think you can use... A great color scheme. And, uh, you know, it's great, great weather in the Okanagan area there. Uh, you can Love. really get into, uh, you know, some off-season brewery tasting, cider tasting, wine tasting. So And that,
0: uh, that'll keep the kids in town over the summer to work out.
2: Exactly. And uh, the heat's nice. It's essentially uh, Nevada West. <laughs> so I think that would be my one. Uh, two, okay. I think I would take over... Uh, st mary's university okay because i love the city of halifax that much and i think that you're you're getting into halifax but you're not on the same level of expectations that you are at Dalhousie. right so and you've also got a pretty strong alumni base at st mary's as well which is a really good uh
0: friend of the show paul bromby
2: yep and then uh i think my third Third team's kind of a toss-up. I, I don't have an OUA school. I guess I need to pick an OUA school, don't I?
0: Don't you dare take my. You don't have to. You can be. You can be Can West Henny. You don't have to take an OUA oh, school.
2: Okay, well then this is obvious. Uh, I'll take the head coaching job at Brandon. <laughs> so, <I> can, <laughs> so we I can, will become. We will be and we'll rebrand it. Uh, we'll keep the Brandon Beaver. From, <laughs> the Brandon Beavers, but B E E V E R Z. <laughs>
0: I think I like it. I think if you got Joe Beavers to pay for uh like like Phil Knight at Nike. Yeah. Uh yeah, you could be the swaggiest beavers in town. Yeah, I really like uh, this logo. Too. Okay, that's that's a that's a good three. Uh my three. Uh gonna start off uh the Guelph Griffins. Oh keeping it in the family. Uh, uh yeah, well, not to brag. My grandpa was the uh head football coach there for twenty years and has the football building named after him. <laughs> um but football school, uh, but they have a brand new basketball facility, so expectations are low. Uh, I can do whatever I want, basically. You've seen what Chris O'Rourke's done there for the past 20 years. A couple playoff appearances thrown in, so, so not a high bar to start with. Um, but great facilities, really nice uniforms with the Adidas deal. Uh, have you been to a HOCO there? The, uh, the co-eds are pretty high. That should drive recruiting. Um, I like my boosters. Stu Lang, what up? I'm going to hit you up for an e-transfer. So Guelph would be uh, my number one. Uh, Number two, I think I'm going to go with the UNB Varsity Reds. Okay. Uh, You know the passion of the UNB fan base on the hockey side uh, for Gardner McDougall's program. Uh, You know on the basketball side with Brent Baker. Uh, They get fan support when they're having a good year, so you'll be able to rally the community behind your program, drive recruiting that way, get kids out to the island, uh, especially if you're able to pull kids like Javon Masters types from Ontario out there. Uh, It's it's a good legacy to live up to. Uh, And and Varsity Reds is a clean name. Are they just the Reds now? Just the Reds? Well, we're going to rebrand them as the Varsity Reds when I come back in. Okay. That's my first move on the job. And my third school... I'm going to have to go with the Trinity Western Spartans. Uh, okay. Don't consider myself the most religious man, but uh, we love people who uh, are of any faith. Okay. Or we're not, and uh, there's nowhere to go but up. Okay. So I think we could eke out a win, uh, and at least if we were going to commit some violations, we would know about it and cover it up better.
2: Uh, top three schools. I'm surprised neither of us mentioned uh, Uvic.
0: Well, after your career was ended on the on the court. I but I mean, you've got us... you've
2: got a strong alumni base. You have a brand new building. You've got a lot of boosters and money coming in. Uh, Ken Shields, a legend. So I'm surprised that one didn't get mentioned. U of yep. T. I think they might have some of the most money of any university in Canada. Yeah, that's true. All you'd have to do is just convince them to spend a little bit more on basketball.
0: Mhm. Uh, Surprise uh, you didn't take. Surprise you didn't take McMaster to play in the Burridge Gym.
2: Yes, well, of course, uh, the Burridge Gym.
0: Uh, <laughs> Crown uh, jewel.
2: You know what? Uh, but we we,
0: know, we didn't want to do it. We didn't want it to put our friend PT out of a job. So.
2: And we didn't want to have to stress out uh, former Waterloo uh, head coach Justin Gunter out trying to balance the books
0: right and and how could jordan henry coach jordan henry that just wouldn't uh even go think over that, that well yeah um
2: we could recreate the spider-man meme <laughs> there.
0: there's a recruiting bitch yeah um uh and if i went to carlton to take over the job i would immediately defund the program and allocate <laughs> all the money to football hockey both Yeah. boom yeah um okay next question uh speaking of carlton uh, one user, uh, town employee Ben, yep. uh DM'd us. Who is the best player in Canada next year, Mason Bercier or Key Van Vino?
2: Are you, are you saying like? Who's I the I, I don't better? know if he
0: wants. Us, I don't know if he wants us to pick strictly these two guys, or if you're allowed to go off the board.
2: If I'm going strictly these two guys, uh, I gotta say Vino. I think his he's already kind of been given the entire keys to the team. Whereas mm-hmm. Borsier is coming in with how many other point guards ahead of him already, right? Or how yeah, many other and I mean, guards ahead of him. Whereas yeah, Vino's yeah. already in the driver's seat. Like he will go out preseason game one and drop twenty five points. Whereas yeah, I think... Borsier might go out preseason game one and play ten minutes.
0: That's it, right? Like Kevan's already in the system, uh, shown what he can do against the highest level of competition next year. So just from a continuity standpoint, I think you could say him. Bercier, where I do see him excelling, and I'm not sure if it'll happen this season or next. Uh, Carlton is super loaded at guard, but he is a pure point type, a distributor. Um, I, think, I think you might and I think see
2: that him move even a little bit to the two.
0: You could, yeah. I mean, they have enough options that everyone can kind of rotate through. But if they do want to stick him at the one, he's got how many weapons at his disposal? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wazir Latif is also going to be eligible this year. It'll be interesting to see what he does on the court. Uh, they also have Daniel Cummings coming up from New Mexico State. Like what we saw, if you've been watching The Last Dance, uh, they've shown some clips of both the the Dream Team scrimmages and the Space Jam scrimmages in the dome. Uh, if maybe Carlton should just drop some practice footage. They
2: should just they scrimmage. stream scrimmages.
0: Yeah, I think it would be their most competitive game all year. Yeah. So that's there's a thought. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on. We didn't really give you an answer there, but okay. it's up to, up yeah. to you. Uh, also speaking of Carlton, uh, what is next for Dave Smart? Uh, one reader suggests... Does Boston College go after him after Dave Christian finally gets fired next year? That feels very personal to someone.
2: Uh, I, I I think I mean we think we talked about this a few times. I think if you were going to see uh, Dave Smart make the jump, he would have made the jump by now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's I mean he's I think he's fully entrenched himself now in the the Ottawa community. I mean uh, now working with the Blackjacks and still having the position at Carleton and uh, also the job that he has with the Senators. I, th- I just I don't think he's willing to. And also, his family's at an age now where your kids are actually going to notice a big move like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what Coach Diavero said when we talked to him. Like He, he decided not to come back because his kids were 9-10 uh, back in 09 mm-hmm. And if, if Dave was to, to make a move now, his kids are, I think just either entering high school or middle school. So you don't want to be away from them during that time. So yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think a move to uh, Boston common uh, up on Com Ave is, uh, is in the cards despite uh, Damian Woody's recruiting story yeah. of, uh, of Boston college. That's yeah. uh, that's the mailbag.
2: Okay. Uh, so there was nothing about uh, how has Saskatchewan laughed in, or, uh, gotten themselves the uh the new show ron glover nothing on that oh right
0: yes i i got so excited i forgot to uh to put it in my notes uh the latest recruit um to enter canada west a young man by the name of i want to get this pronunciation right okay by the name of marquavian stevens uh, from flint michigan home of mo peterson so and the firebirds yep Uh, Your boys. Yep. Strong pedigree here. Uh, He was third in California Juco League last year. What up? Do you think Coach Jason Brown watched one of his games?
2: Uh, Probably four or five, yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, athletic body, really lit highlight tape. Not that we we take stock in those, but if you want to get excited. uh, But Sask, we know, has had success uh, recruiting these American point guards out of California Juco. Like you said, show Ron Glover, if you want to insert the clip here the player of
1: the game who doesn't have his jersey but a championship shirt. All Hollings were taken away. That's all we need. Alright, thank you, Rod Sharon. You lost your shirt. It's a massive celebration here. Leo Routon stage during the broadcast time and time again. This team has no quit. They kept coming at you. Was that the difference this weekend? That was it. We hey we kept playing we kept doing what we doing. We went like 12 games straight. People doubted us. Everybody doubted us. They had a city fifth. Who number one now? Who the MVP now, baby? Yeah, that's how you like it. The MVP is my team, my team, baby. Let's go. And when you came here from Fresno, California, did you ever dream for a moment you'd be part of a history-making moment like this? Oh, Saskatchewan yeah. wins its, it's first championship. I told my team at the beginning of the season, hey, yeah. last year, I want to take my shirt off after we win the national championship next year. And what I'm doing, we beastin', we beastin', baby, we
0: beasting. Looking forward to that. Thanks, buddy. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Sharon Glover. (laughs) Priceless for Sharon Glover, for Saskatoon, for the University of Saskatchewan, and for Brennan Jarrett. The Huskies are number one. I I was just trying to force you into some more work there. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, this would be the year for them to load up and maybe make a run when they, they see uh, UBC lost their top guys out of that senior class. Uh, who knows where Alberta goes with Brody Clark moving on. Calgary has returned everybody, so I think yeah. they're the prohibitive top dog. Yeah. But the, beyond that...
2: Them and them and UBC are probably the two
0: teams to watch. Mm-hmm.
2: Is that how we're going to end this? Te- teams to watch going into next year?
0: <laughs> teams to watch going into the summer.
2: Yeah, going into an unexpected uh, upcoming season. So I think Mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to pick one from each division, uh, teams to watch include UBC, Calgary, and Saskatchewan.
0: Now, what I do want to say is how does Calgary, and Saskatchewan for that matter, uh, and I guess teams across the country that usually either host NCAA teams here in the summer or go down and play some schools during the summer, get that competitive feel scrimmage work in uh without being able to play anyone but themselves probably mm-hmm. will we see more teams that are in the same city in the same region uh, i'm not i don't even know if there's rules against this but can they can they link up for scrimmages in say august i don't know
2: yeah yeah that'll be something to watch i mean i think it'll like most sports leagues they will just follow the the lead of government and uh see what they're allowed to do by there. uh oua teams to watch i think uh i mean obviously carlton um ottawa, well ottawa ryerson as well is there any other i think i think my uh outside those those top three oua schools that we usually see i think uh i think queens will be a really interesting team to watch
0: mm-hmm the, a, the OUA is going to be a bloodbath this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, you see Laurier, I mean, Western as well.
0: Western pulled in their best recruiting class ever, according to certain people.
2: Yeah, so...
0: Friend of the show, Jaden Cowie's younger brother Yeah. signing um, as a little highlight. But yeah, like, they're not going away anytime soon. Laurier should be good again. U of T had a strong recruiting class come in. Uh, Max done well in the recruiting Lake, class.
2: Lakehead's had another great recruiting class as well.
0: Yeah, and will will Lakehead now, after that disappointment last year, be ready to to come in balls to the wall? I think yeah. the only team that you're really going to see slide is Laurentian. Yeah, and uh, York wins over under six.
2: Over, because they went Huge. from two to eight to three. So that means if you're following the pattern, this year is nine.
0: Biggest campus in the country.
2: Yeah. <laughs> feel the
0: rush feel the rush. rush
2: look at the square footage <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey they have a subway stop now dude it's accessible
2: yeah. yeah uh and then quebec teams to watch uh we'll just say bishops
0: <laughs> Go, we are bishops gators fans
2: yep and then uh we I'm, and doing a, I'm doing a
0: gator chomp right now
2: good and then uh, we've already said the AUS, uh, Dalhousie, and uh, Saint FX. So there's your uh, there's your teams to watch as your your teams tease for next season.
0: Boom! Right. That was an hour and twenty minutes of of not our best work, but definitely not our worst.
2: Yeah, uh, for for two months off, I think we've touched on pretty much everything that needs to be touched upon,
0: including yeah. Joe Beavers yeah i mean if you don't love and if you've ever been to a joe beavers by the way we tweeted us yeah. tell us because yeah. there's got to be a coach or or a team member or someone that are a parent or something that listens to the show that has definitely eaten at a joe beavers
2: yeah there's three of them so
0: and if you know someone that works at a joe beavers and they're looking for sponsors you know connect us we're we're yeah be a connect let's build
2: yeah let's build yeah <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> uh we'll have another episode at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean uh maybe we'll uh we'll we'll build on some uh some big news uh whatever our next episode is. Uh oh. Uh so there here's some breaking news this was uh about a half hour ago. I'm just mm-hmm. going to drop this in at the end of the podcast uh garrett rooker yep is a uh a new recruit that has joined uh ubc oh uh from texas he is going to play for both the football and basketball team
0: all right let's get that 247 composite tape fired up
2: he is uh elite dual sport talent garrett rooker commits to ubc uh He's a quarterback.
0: <laughs> does he look like Does he look like Colt McCoy?
2: Uh, he has two 6A district championships with Clear Springs High School, where he also set the all-time program record of 65 touchdown passes while finishing his varsity career with 5,500 yards. A three-year starter at quarterback with Clear Springs Rooker was named first-team all district as both QB and a punter. Uh, what makes him such a remarkable athlete is excellence not only on the football field but on the basketball quarters where he's earned first-team all-district status. As such, the gifted young man will also be taking his talents to the Thunderbirds men's basketball team as a dual-sport athlete.
0: I'm honestly shocked he's white. What most
2: appeals to me about UBC is the opportunity to continue playing both sports at such a high level while being at a school that is known for its great academics. Saying the 18-year-old phenom. We're going to have to get up in a podcast episode to this guy. UBC yeah. head football coach Blake Nil says he'll come in and compete right away, so like he's gonna be I, a first year starter at QB while probably starting I, at like shooting guard. Oh, I only Garrett want to is hear. a very tech. gifted two sport athlete. His experience playing at the 6A level is invaluable and prepares him well as a UBC basketball. Okay, basketball wait, basketball wait a minute. Player. Like we, how can, can we big just wing end? That loves to attack the rim and dunk on people, and he also has a nice outside jumper. When he arrives at UBC, his initial focus will be on football, and we will hopefully transition him to basketball as the season progresses.
0: Okay, zero stars on 247, but, like, that's insane. Yeah.
2: (laughs) His athleticism is is exceptional, and he has incredible throwing accuracy. A lot of people have compared him to Michael O'Connor.
0: Oh, nice little drop in there.
2: Yeah, what truly motivates me to continue my play at both sports at high levels is my love for each game along with my highly competitive nature.
0: Okay, like so he 16 has... 16
2: points per game in the Clear Springs High School Basketball League.
0: Yeah, like he led, he led this seven-on-seven football team. Uh, wow, I'm just, you've really caught me at a loss here. It was just yeah. dropping that, like yeah. <laughs> that, like Friday Night out. Lights. Like he Tim Riggins is and, coming to UBC.
2: He just goes out and flat out competes. He is competing full speed, making the kind of plays that make coaches say, wow, we couldn't be happier about making him the decision to come up here, not only impact football, but basketball as well.
0: Who goes from playing Texas high school football to three down U sport football?
2: And, well, <laughs> like being like your small forward for the UBC Thunderbirds.
0: Oh, I should have known the legendary Howard Smura already wrote about this a week ago.
2: Oh good. Well so we missed the whole thing.
0: Yeah, well like where was the fucking notification?
2: Yeah. Well, I just read it out loud.
0: Okay, NCA Division One level. One of them reached out to Coach Hansen and sent his highlights. His dad is a professor at Texas A and M. Galveston. <laughs> Not Jimbo, but
2: No. But close. I wonder if he met Jimbo ever.
0: Has he gone? If anyone knows Garrett Rooker, maybe do I follow him on Instagram to try to like send a DM? Is that creepy? I
2: don't know. I just followed him on Twitter to do the same thing. So.
0: All right. Well, maybe we'll have a pod this week with uh, Garrett Rooker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. If uh, if this is it. Uh, thanks for listening. Yep.
2: And uh, hope you're safe. Hope you're well. And uh, we'll continue to. Uh, have our fingers on the pulse.
0: We'll be back eventually at 4 p.m.
2: And uh, we'll go out with some uh, Friday Night Lights.